it counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Wags, we're seven and one. We keep winning football games. Yeah, and what a great uh, victory this last week. That's a tough, tough place to play. And anytime you can come out of Kansas City with a win, I don't care how many guys were hurt or out. Uh, that was a dangerous football team, and they played it a, a heck of a game as well. So I was very pleased, and I think uh, all Packers fans uh, are very pleased to come out of uh, Arrowhead Stadium with a win and prove to 7-1. and one. Yeah, it's almost – it's been a rite of passage in past talented Packer teams, I feel like to uh, go down to KC and, and lose one. So it was really nice to uh, to win this one this year. Uh, they are talented. They've got weapons, man, up and down that offensive side of the ball. Uh, I kind of got into it a little bit uh, with, with somebody on Twitter where I respectfully disagreed uh, right before the game uh, because, uh, you know, thought it would be a tough game down there and that the backup quarterback there could make some of those throws and uh, – Someone on Twitter said, well, everything's based around Mahomes. And it's like, yeah, Mahomes is good. But, boy, do they have a lot of other talented players on that roster. And they, a lot of them showed up, particularly in the first half for Kansas City. And at times their way, particularly in the first half, I was uh, getting ready to, to you know, uh, throw my TV out the window uh, because those guys have a lot of moves on them. They're fast. They're dynamic football players, and uh, Chiefs fans are fortunate because they've got a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, the defensive players, I thought, on the Chiefs stood out in a lot of ways as well, particularly in that second quarter. The way that game was swinging, uh, we've seen a lot of games over the years where on the road against an opponent, and it seems like they just have uh, a defensive game plan that's dialed up, things tighten up a little bit, uh, we lose that early lead, but I'll give this Packers team and coaching staff a lot of credit. They went into halftime. Uh, we're able to make some uh, adjustments on both sides of the football that I thought were very evident in the way they played that second half. And, yes, a uh, uh, forcing a turnover um, with LaShawn McCoy fumbling was very timely, but taking advantage of that, going and taking the lead and then um, hanging on in the end. Uh, to close out that win. I thought it was overall just a very, very impressive performance, um, particularly uh, with their backs against the wall. That could have gone south in a hurry, but they showed some real fortitude there uh, to come back and uh, play a, a very, very solid second half of football to, to close out that victory. Yeah, and I thought the defense really showed up in the second half there too. And you mentioned, Wags, uh, that turnover – this defense predicates itself and really earns its living on the timely turnover. And once again, they were able to make a huge play. Tyler Lancaster, our boy Big Lanny, uh, gets on top of that football. I was going nuts during that game, um, especially at that moment. But um, I thought that, uh, you know, Lancaster played pretty darn well overall, not just on that splash play. Uh, but Zadarius Smith, man, I don't know how you block the guy half the time. 
He's flying around the football field, another couple of sacks, and uh, he's just an absolutely disruptive force for this Green Bay Packer defense. I mean, are you as impressed as I am? He's tough as nails. He battles through injuries. Uh, he's worth every single penny the Green Bay Packers have paid and more, not only for the work he's doing on the field, but also as a, as a team leader and as a complete culture changer for this Green Bay Packer defense. Yeah, <laughs> and I think we're all holding our breath. He spent a lot of time down on the turf, um, and it's almost uh, to the point where you just assume that he's going to get up and shake it off and get right back out there on the field. We shouldn't <laughs> assume that because, you know, this is a violent sport, and he's throwing himself around out there. But I, I do get nervous every time I'm seeing him lay on his back and just wondering exactly uh, how significant – that injury may be if he just took a got dinged up a little bit and just needs to get up and kind of take a couple plays off and get back out there uh, as he's been able to do every time that's happened this year. But I could go with a few less times of seeing him <laughs> lay on the grass because he's that important to this Packers defense and to the team overall. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, he's been a significant part of changing the culture in this locker room. But what about, you know, his partner in crime, Preston Smith? Uh, you know, you can tell these guys are just, I don't know if they're like best buds off the field, but we were joking that they're like a, a stepbrothers with uh, John C. Riley and Will Farrell. But I really think there's something to that because, you know, Preston's over there concerned and standing over Zedarius when he's down and vice versa. Preston was down for, for a minute too. And Zedarius is over there kind of checking up on his, his brother and making sure he's doing all right. So um, you can tell that uh, these guys, uh, uh, all uh, everyone on the defense, but uh, those two guys in particular just feed off of each other and uh, really get along and uh, seem to, to really enjoy uh, playing football together. So um, that's, uh, that's a, a great thing to see. Two more sacks out there for Zedaria Smith. Um, overall, a couple of other things, I, you know, an interesting thing, Dane, I wanted to, to point out, I thought the two offensive series that I was most impressed with resulted in only three points, uh, which is kind of incredible to say, but it was that first series of second half where they uh, held onto the ball for, I think, close to nine minutes. And yeah, they only got a field goal, but I thought that was just a uh, momentum shifter uh, in the way that they de they deflated that Kansas City defense and what they were doing to the Packers in the second quarter, um, I thought Rodgers really just uh, made some great reads, and clearly they had made some adjustments. Uh, they got the run game going a little bit and just methodically worked their way down the field to tie up that game. Um, and then that last possession of the game, oh, yeah. uh, the Chiefs punt the ball away with a little over five minutes left. We've got the ball on the one-and-a-half-yard line, and they just iced the clock. That is how you play winning football, Dean. Uh, when you've got an offense that's out there and can uh, force the other team to burn through all of its timeouts, the two-minute warning, pick up some key first downs, um, and uh, um, have have the guts to throw the ball on third down and five uh, with uh, uh, a team that doesn't have any timeouts left. A lot of coaches would have just handed the ball off Hope you might pick up the first down, but even if you don't, run the clock down, punt the ball deep into the territory, and just let the defense go out there and try to ice it. But 
how about Coach Matt Lafleur just uh, uh, staying aggressive, showing the utmost confidence in his offense, his quarterback, uh, in his team, and saying, let's go out there and ice this game. Uh, but uh, more than that, the offensive line, uh, the first few plays of that series, just pushed that Chiefs defense back out of a, a, a tough spot on that end of the field uh, to pick up a couple of first downs. I was I couldn't have been more impressed with that offensive possession. Dare I say, probably the more one of the most impressive offensive possessions this Packers offense has had, uh, maybe all season and in a couple of seasons. That's not something we've seen them be able to do for a long, long time. So I was uh, very, very pleased with that uh, to ice the game at the end. Wag, you took the words out of my mouth. That final drive, in particular was about uh, as proud as I've been of this Packers team. And I, no joke, uh, maybe since uh, Rodgers coming back week 17, you know, with the injury, and that's more of an individualized performance. But as a team uh, play, uh, just being able to, on that one and a half, you're pinned back so darn far, hostile territory, game on the line, national TV, Sunday night football, and for the Packers, just turn around, hand the ball off, and the offensive line just take over that football game at the end. That's when, you know, men earn their paychecks. But you know what else? It, 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 it wasn't about money there. You could tell, right? This was these guys were, were uh, a band of brothers pushing other guys and saying, we're going to finish this game. And that included, by the way, uh, Balaga's out of that game. So we've got White in there playing right tackle. Um, you know, and these guys just, there was no doubt in my mind, there was a lot of trust there. And, uh, Wags, I know now everybody's seen the video of LaFleur on the sideline saying, uh, you know, go win the game. Uh, you can read his lips to, to Rodgers. And for Rodgers to go out there and throw on third down, and mind you, he's not throwing to a tight end. He's not throwing to a wide receiver. He's throwing to a running back at that critical moment. And for him to be leaning on Aaron Jones, and for Aaron Jones to make that catch uh, and convert that first down, uh, it, it was a, truly a thing of beauty. And I think we're watching Aaron Rodgers have complete faith and complete trust uh, uh, with all of his teammates, the younger guys, the more veteran guys, his offensive line. Uh, these guys are really gelling right now. And that was the method- as methodical of a drive as I've seen the Green Bay Packers have. Uh, near the end of the game in a very long time. And dare I say, Wags, I actually felt a little tinge of comfort. I was actually kind of comfortable in that moment. I truly believed we were going to convert that third down. And when Aaron uh, Rodgers uh, made that strike to Aaron Jones there and we sealed that game, I just smiled. I put 7-1 and one on our Instagram page and I pressed set because I mean, that game was over. <laughs> yeah, and uh, man, producer Dozer, my chocolate lab, is getting jacked up to <laughs> listen to us talk about this. He's getting excited too. Um, yeah, and I think we're so conditioned as fans in that situation on that final third down to see coaches just hand the ball off. I was a little bit surprised, not necessarily that they converted it or um, completely shocked, but I was a little bit surprised that they came out clearly in a pass formation and they were going to pass that whole way. So, I, again, that shows a ton of confidence. I mean, I guess 
the way that you're looking at it is you've got a seven-point lead either way. Just go out there and win it. Worst-case scenario, you have to punt the ball away, uh, the same as if you would have run it. Sure, um, you would have been able to burn off a bunch of time. So I, I guess there may have been some people that would have criticized them either way if that wouldn't have worked out. But that's how you go out and play winning football. You've got Aaron Rodgers out there. That offense was clicking the whole game. Um, I think that was definitely the right call. And, again, I was just so, so encouraged by that final possession. That's not something that we've seen a Green Bay Packer offense do in a quite a long time. So uh, very, very impressive indeed. Um, so, Dane, I, I, I guess, do you want to dive into uh, some of the nuts and bolts of this game? Why don't we start, um, you know, in the first quarter, that quick start is something that we've seen this Packers team do now uh, quite a few times this season. So uh, certainly uh, it didn't hold up as the Chiefs were able to come back and take a lead in the second quarter. But you can't take away the fact that they they spotted us 14 points, uh, and certainly that played a key role in the final outcome uh, since we were able to go into the – uh, halftime and make some of those adjustments and be able to come back and, and put a, put this uh, Chiefs team away in the second half. So how important was that quick start in your mind and, and what do we need to do to continue that as we move forward? Yeah, Wags, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, the fact that we're doing this without Devontae Adams is incredible. The offensive output that we're seeing from this this Packer offense has been pretty remarkable, and uh, I think at least a good portion of it can go to this coaching staff. Coach Lafleur uh, and, and his offensive coaching staff have been calling absolutely phenomenal football games here the last few weeks, and uh, what they are are realizing, and it's something that I think Packer fans were going crazy about last year uh, that Coach Lafleur sees is that. If you mix in our Packer running backs and you mix in Aaron Jones and you mix in Jamal Williams, they are the ultimate mismatches for NFL linebackers, and these teams aren't able to bring up the DBs to, to make these coverages. And, and by doing that, it gives Aaron Rodgers so much to work with. Um, so, you know, Rodgers, of course, has some young wide receivers that he can work on. We've got to give a lot of credit, I think, to Alan Lazard, Lazard taking the most snaps of any wide receiver on the Green Bay Packers uh, on Sunday night. An incredible undertaking for him uh, just a couple weeks after, you know, starting to earn his stripes a little bit. Uh, but Wags, uh, these mismatches, we saw it early and we saw it often. And on Sunday night, Aaron Jones just absolutely shredded the Kansas City defense. Uh, nobody, they, they couldn't find an answer for this kid. And uh, he's becoming one of the true weapons in the NFL. And he is leading to this this big, fast start for the Packers. Uh, he would have had a long touchdown if he had uh, stepped out of bounds at the 10-yard line there uh, for that second one. But uh, he's a strong runner. He is so dynamic out of the backfield. And then along with him, Williams and uh, and uh, certainly our, our fullback, Danny Vitale, as well, um, it's really hard, these mismatches for these defenses to match up with the Packers. And I think Wags going forward, um, once we add Devontae Adams uh, and he gets mixed back in here, uh, it's going to be 
near impossible for defenses to scheme against the Packers, uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers truly starting to master this offense and playing at as high of a level as we've potentially ever seen him play. Absolutely. And you have to give this coaching staff a lot of credit for getting Rodgers to buy into that scheme because if there's one thing Aaron Rodgers prefers to do, it's to throw the ball vertically and downfield. And he, Aaron Rodgers does not have any weaknesses, so don't get me wrong. But if there's one part of his passing game that isn't necessarily a strength, it's, it's his short yardage passing. I think is one of the areas that we've seen his accuracy be a little bit up and down, or maybe not up to the par that we would expect. Um, versus some of his longer passes, he seems to be a little bit more comfortable because that's been kind of a staple of the pass offense uh, his entire NFL career. So, but I, I, I don't think what we're seeing here is just dump off passes uh, where Aaron is just, um, you know, uh, trying to necessarily um, run out of options and he's just, dumping it off and the running back has to go make the guy miss and, and pick up a few yards. Certainly that's going to happen time to time. Um, but um, it's more, uh, you know, schematic and Aaron seeing, I think a comfort level there that continues to grow. And, and that's helping um, to really increase the efficiency of this offense overall, because right now uh, let's be frank, we're not seeing any production from this wide receiver group. Um, last week, the Ra- against the Raiders in the second half, we saw that pick up uh, where the running back uh, pa- uh, in the pass offense opened that up over the course of the game. This week, it was all about Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the pass game um, with a little bit of uh, Mercedes Lewis and Jimmy Graham sprinkled in and really Geronimo Allison and um, MBS only had a couple of receptions. Uh, they weren't really involved in this game at all. Um, and it didn't hinder this Packers offense, to, uh, in, in my mind, in any any way, shape, or form. We were able to attack the Chiefs' defense in, in the way that we wanted to. So uh, certainly, as long as that's there for this Packers offense, I think we're going to continue to take advantage of it. And as you said, with, with Devontae Adams hopefully nearing a return here, if not this week and the next couple of weeks, uh, that's going to just uh, further put uh, pressure on opposing defenses and, and really unlock uh, things, I think, for the, the rest of that wide receiver group, too. Uh, so Aaron's going to be able to just sit back and pick his poison uh, in terms of what whatever the defense wants to give you. And that's that's a not a place uh, opposing teams want to be when they face this Packers offense because Aaron's going to figure things out as he was able to in the second half against this Chiefs defense that was really giving us some trouble in that second quarter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Wags, we like to give out these big uh, big Chiefs players of the game. And uh, who stood out to you this week? Because I thought that there were a number of guys that are, are worthy uh, of this. And, um, you know, it just – I, I was impressed. I was impressed up and down the the roster. I, I really thought this week. I I thought this was going to be one of the tougher games. And uh, you know, you know who doesn't get a lot of um, you know praise from the national media uh, is Elton Jenkins, the offensive lineman. He's a rookie this year, second round kid. 
But Wags, he's somebody who's just absolutely mauling guys at the line of scrimmage. And um, I, I wanted to take a moment and really highlight him and, and try to hear who you thought big cheese players would be as well because, I mean, there's a lot of guys to choose from this week. Well, clearly you've got to uh, give, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Jones a lot of the credit. So I, 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 let's start start with him. He's the obvious choice. But a, a guy that really stood out to me this past week is kind of an under-the-radar pick. His stats don't jump out at you. Kyler Fackrell, I thought, made some, some really nice impact plays uh, for this defense and some of the snaps that he was out there. Um, stayed in his lane. Uh, the Chiefs ran a couple of, uh, of plays in his direction, and he was – even when he didn't make a tackle on one of those uh, uh, end arounds, he was in position and really just slowed up that Chiefs receiver to the point that he kind of had to slow up and, and cut up field and, and for all intents and purposes, forced that tackle for a loss. Um, so I thought he was very active out there. Uh, in fact, as active as I've seen in any game this year. Um, so, you know, that's that's my kind of under-the-radar selection for a guy that, uh, you're not necessarily looking out there to pop off the page from a staff standpoint, but I thought he really made his snaps count. And, um, boy, if you can add another guy on the edge that can make an impact, and this was about the time of the season last year where Kyler Fackrell started to um, to really pile up some some uh, sacks and, uh, and, and, and kind of rescue the Packers' defense in an underwhelming second half to the last season. So, um, if he's able to contribute in a meaningful way going forward, I think that would be uh, uh, yet another positive sign for this package defense. Yeah, and Wag, staying on the defensive side of the ball, uh, we've got to give a shout-out to Shannon Sullivan. Uh, Showtime's been playing a ton of football for the Packers lately. Uh, a guy who came in uh, this offseason, played one year over there in Philly, uh, but, uh, you know, this kid played 35 snaps, and uh, you know, also returned punts for us, or, uh, excuse me, kicks this week for us. But the play that stood out to me and I think stood out to a lot of cheeseheads across the country was that play uh, late in the game, uh, over the middle, Kelsey, and Showtime timed that play absolutely perfectly. Uh, was able to, to swat the ball out of Kelsey's hands and, uh, and, and cause for an incompletion. And and looking at the stats this past week and at the snap count, Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Tremont Williams, and Shannon Sullivan. So Sullivan has uh, been able to work his way up this roster and has been able to uh, really bypass, I think, uh, Josh Jackson and Tony Brown and has been playing some corner, has been playing as that third deep safety as well. And uh, and it's showing here that the Packers, uh, both on defense and special teams, are trying to find a way to plug him in. And, uh, yeah, you know what, he's not the, the big-name flashy player, although uh, he does uh, at times start to – he's building on his success and making some flashy plays. Uh, but the kind of grinder, the kind of hardworking battler that you want to have on a, on a good defense, and I noticed as well he was one of the team captains this past week as well. Uh, so I think he deserves – a lot of recognition because he is a glue guy on this defense and on the special teams showing that he'll do anything he can to contribute to this team. I couldn't agree more. And that pass defense that you just described beautifully is something that we just haven't been seeing enough of out of this defense. 
Uh, we were getting a lot of that in the first few weeks of the season. And I know uh, this Chiefs offense has a lot more weapons on it than a few of those first few teams that we faced. But at the same time, um, he's the guy that's been out there making plays all throughout the preseason. And he started to gradually get more opportunities here as the season's gone along. And if he's out there making plays like that, that's, that's huge because we really, really, really need to um, see some more um, uh, times where we're playing the ball a little bit more uh, when it's in the air because it seems like uh, the last few weeks, even when we've had pretty good coverage, um, our guys have been kind of getting and closing just a hair late uh, to the point where we're not really able to get our hands on the football or get our hands on the receiver's hands and knock it out of the uh, their hands when they're trying to, to secure the ball as well. So uh, I think that's something that should be a point of emphasis for our uh, coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball is to continue to keep our hands active. And we don't necessarily have to come up with an interception every time because those pass defenses and breakups um, can be the types of plays that can force a team to have to punt the ball away, uh, as we saw uh, on that possession. So I, I absolutely agree with you. And and don't forget, he was back there returning kicks this week, too. So he added some special teams duties, um, as we've seen uh, Darius Shepard uh, was getting scaled back, and, and he was released here uh, to make way um, to bring Traymond Smith back onto the roster. So um, certainly, I don't know if he will continue to return kick this week. I would expect Traymond Smith will assume those duties, but to be able to step in there in a pinch um, and uh, deliver on that side of the ball as well, I think deserves special mention as well. Yeah, and... Uh... Yeah, so and you mentioned Darius Shepard, um, uh, you know, uh, departing the team here today. I'm fascinated and curious to see if the Packers still see enough in him to uh, try to sign him onto the practice squad. Uh, that remains to be seen here. Uh, this has all been happening pretty quick here today. Uh, but in addition uh, to, to Darius Shepard, uh, also released um, uh, um, Evan Bayless, our, our tight end, who's been on and off the roster a few times here this season and uh, has kind of uh, bounced back and forth between the practice squad and the active roster. The Packers, uh, as of the recording of this on, on a Tuesday evening, uh, have not signed uh, anybody else to that roster spot. A couple guys that uh, could actually be added, um, uh, Ifram Campbell, the uh, the safety from last season who's been on the uh, physically unable to perform list uh, or uh, Jay Sternberger uh, the tight end uh, our, our uh, draft pick this this last season so a couple guys there in addition to Devonte Adams so although Packer fans I think some Packer fans wanted to see the Packers make a big splash play uh, I would argue that uh, adding Campbell adding uh, Sternberger adding Devonte Adams. That's a pretty darn nice haul potentially uh, in the midseason for the Green Bay Packers uh, to, to have come in here and influx of talent without having to give up any draft picks. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I am expecting it's going to be uh, one of those two guys between Sternberger and Campbell, given that they didn't have any corresponding external signings that they announced. Um, since Devontae is still on the active roster, 
Um, he just hasn't been on the 53 on game days here the last few weeks. Uh, that wouldn't uh, uh, necess- necessitate a, a roster move. But um, in any event, I certainly agree. I'll be fascinated to see if Sternberger is someone that's able to uh, come back and rejoin uh, this team at some point this season, or if it is Campbell, uh, we could certainly probably use some contribution and some additional depth there. Uh, even as we've uh, gotten a little bit healthier with Savage coming back this past week, um, I think Campbell's someone that certainly Coach Patton has a lot of faith in, just really, really knows his system inside and out, and saw a lot of field time last year, and, and I didn't think was part of the problem uh, necessarily. So certainly I think he could uh, contribute in a positive fashion. Um, I think we will see him at some point in the next few weeks, if not this week. So, uh, Dane, I I did want to quickly highlight um, uh, some of the uh, plays that we made on the defensive side of the ball. I know we just uh, kind of talked through some of the uh, offensive, um, you know, in the um, – um, big cheese playmakers of the week. But um, in addition to um, um, Sidarius Smith, uh, I thought that, you know, it was fascinating to see that we were mostly in a 3-3-5 or 2-3-6 formation um, throughout most of that game. We were just daring the Chiefs to run the ball and for the most part, they didn't really bite. They just kind of wanted to do what they do. And I, I understand that there may have been a little bit of frustration or trepidation with the amount of space that the Packers defensive players seem to be giving uh, the, those Chiefs uh, wide receivers uh, to kind of run their routes. And they weren't really being very physical with them at all. But clearly, they just wanted to make sure that they weren't getting beat over the top. And I thought, for the most part, that game plan held out. Were you, uh, for the most part, uh, pretty happy or satisfied with with what Coach Patton and this defensive staff drew up this week? I was. I, I think for for all the the complaints I certainly had in the first half, uh, we're able to crank it up pretty well in the second half. And uh, and you know, frankly, what the Chiefs end up scoring twenty four points. So it wasn't like they were able to to just move the ball at will. Uh, what the probably the the biggest challenge we had was um, they are so fast. They had a ton of speed, very athletic. So we had to miss tackles there. But from a scheming perspective, I actually thought the Packers' scheme was pretty darn good. Uh, Travis Kelsey had that one big touchdown catch on what looked like a busted coverage. It looked like Blake Martinez uh, didn't potentially get enough depth. Uh, or, or wasn't in the position he needed to be in. But otherwise, I didn't think Kelsey's name was really called all that often at all. Um, I will say I was surprised a little bit, Wags, and, and I'm curious your take on this as well. I thought the Packers were going to be able to manhandle the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit more. They were down two very talented offensive linemen that are, are, are normally starters for them. So I did think that we were going to be able to get a couple more hits on Matt Moore. Moore was able to get the ball out of his hands pretty quickly, but when he did want to sit back there in the pocket, uh, he had some time to make the throws, and he showed uh, a number of times that, uh, yeah, he's 35. Yeah, he didn't play in the league last year, 
Uh, but you give Matt more time, he can make the throws, and he was able to do that. So, Wes, were you surprised that we weren't able to get a little bit more pressure on Moore last week? I was, especially with um, both of those uh, two starting offensive linemen out, certainly with Fisher, their left tackle, being out. Honestly, I thought, and maybe Coach Patton did too, that they would be able to just get pressure on Matt Moore, uh, not having to send any of guys from either the inside linebacker group or um, the DBs on any blitzes, and we really didn't see uh, much of that. I think I, I only, he only had a couple of times where um, we uh, dialed up a couple of, of blitz packages. But other than that, it, it, they went pretty vanilla just trying to put pressure uh, on Matt Moore with either a three- or four-man rush. So, yeah, give the Chiefs um, offensive line some credit. They Their backups came in and I thought performed obviously pretty darn well. And, um, and Matt Moore, you know, you got to give him a lot of credit too. He played, he started a little slow, but uh, he really played a, a very, very good game. He didn't really look like a backup quarterback out there. So from that standpoint, you know, I would have preferred he didn't play as well and the Packers would have won comfortably, but Hey, we got to win. And honestly, um, the way that it happened, I'm, I'm as encouraged by anything um, with this Packers defense. Uh, so um, yeah, I, I thought that we would try to put a little bit more pressure, uh, but clearly they wanted to just play coverage and thought that they could get pressure uh, just with their, their three or four down linemen. And for the most part, that didn't really happen all that much. So um, you have to give um, uh, Coach Andy Reid and uh, the Chiefs offensive coaching staff uh, some credit as well, as we predicted with a little bit of extra prep time. It seemed like both of those uh, staffs on the offense and and Coach Bagnoli on the defense side um, really seemed to be well prepared for what the Packers were going to do. And I thought they played, um, they had a really good uh, game plan and, and uh, the Packers were able to adjust um, and, and um, make some plays in the second half on both sides of the ball. So um, one area that I'm a little bit concerned with after this weekday and is special teams, um, certainly no concerns at all with Mason Crosby. But J.K. Scott had uh, a rare off performance this week. Uh, he only had to punt three times, just didn't have his best performance this week. So i uh, not really concerned overall. I'm sure J.K. will bounce back, um, but um, um, certainly something to keep an eye on moving forward. Our return and coverage games um, for in particular have me a little bit nervous. It's, it seems like a ticking time bomb that – someone's going to get either a punt or kick return for a touchdown here one of these weeks. And I hope I'm wrong, but boy, oh boy, uh, it seems like they have a few things that they need to clean up there on the special team side. Yeah, the, I'll tell you what, every kickoff this year that Mason Crosby's kicked where um, the opposing team's been able to return it, uh, for whatever reason, I've held my breath. Uh, the first few in particular, I think Mason Crosby – has a couple tackles this year already uh, on kickoffs. And I couldn't agree more. It does feel a little bit like a ticking time bomb. Uh, and I'm hopeful every single time the ball leaves Mason's foot, I'm like, please just kick it deep enough in the end zone that they're not able to return it. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly what that is. I feel like we have a lot of talent uh, uh, across the board. 
Uh, you know, we, we are missing Crawford, a linebacker who I thought was pretty standout last season for this Packers on special teams. Uh, but, you know, he alone did not make the, the, the kickoff unit last year. So, um, not sure where to go with that, but like, I do have a little bit of trepidation with our, our kickoff game in particular. Uh, J.K. Scott certainly had the worst punting game of his 2019 season. I think a couple of those balls went uh, less than 40 yards. One of those balls returned, uh, I believe, 18 yards or so. Uh, he was trying to work on his directional punting. It was pretty clear they didn't want... Uh, Hardman to be able to return the ball too much. Uh, it just wasn't a very strong day for him. I'm hopeful he can bounce back. He, you know, it's, it's shown quite a bit, a bit of talent leading up to this game, and we all have off days, and I'm hopeful about that. But uh, Wag, certainly something to pay attention to, uh, and, and I'm hopeful he can kind of work those kinks out. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm curious to see what we do in the punt return game this week because we have gotten – quite honestly, nothing out of that so far this season. And it's to the point now where I'm just kind of, I'd be happy with just going up and fair catching the ball every time. Uh, Just don't let it bounce like we did on that last possession where you've got to go up and aggressively fair catch the ball, get get it caught at the, you know, 9, 10, 11 yard line and not let it bounce and and get it downed inside five or inside the three yard line. when you have an opportunity to go out there and secure it, you've got to have the confidence to do it. So I will be interested to see who we got back there. It would certainly be nice to get some forward yardage, but it seems to me that special teams get penalized so often, um, even when we do get positive yardage in the return game, I would just as well if they had their catch caught the ball to begin with. So um, uh, certainly uh, that will have a new guy back there in those duties this week and so secure the ball don't fumble um and and uh just just do the job we need to a couple other key underlying metrics dane i wanted to hit on uh we've seen real progress in third down efficiency the last couple weeks we're eight for 13 this week so 62 percent on third down uh and i think if we can continue in that direction there's not going to be a lot of ways to stop this Packers offense moving forward. Uh, three for four, uh, red zone efficiency. So continue to be very strong there amongst the lead leaders in, uh, lead, le- <laughs> league leaders, I'm sorry, in, uh, red zone efficiency. Uh, so certainly a positive there. Um, and 33 minutes in time of possession. So, uh, we were able to control the football. And I think that was a real key coming into this week against a dangerous Chiefs offense, uh, Patrick Mahomes or no, uh, to be able to hold on the ball and keep it out of their hands. Um, mission accomplished. So uh, some very positive trends in some of those underlying uh, key metrics. And uh, uh, certainly I, I was very pleased to see us not turn the ball over and improve in that third down efficiency in particular. Yeah, I, I think that that third down wags is huge. We've talked about it every single week, I think, uh, or at least the last few weeks here. And I think that's uh, kind of a, a overarching, um, you know, synopsis of this Packer team so far this year. I feel like week to week, this team is finding ways to improve different parts of their game, different facets of their game. 
I think that some weeks the offense is stronger than the defense, some weeks the defense is stronger than the offense. Uh, but I think for the most part, both of those, these, these, uh, uh, sides of the ball have, uh, really been able to show up, especially in key moments. And, and that kind of fills in why we're seven and one. And, uh, I, I think one of the things I'm probably most excited about, and I don't want to speak for you, but why I'm so optimistic about this team in particular this year is that they're seven and one, uh, but there's still room for improvement and we're seeing them improve. We're not sitting here going, Oh man, it's the same problem every week. I feel like we're seeing them correct their problems, correct their issues. And the best teams are teams that are getting better. And this Packers team week to week, I feel like is a little bit better than it was the week before. Absolutely. And I think, you know, folks are holding their breath on the defensive side of the ball because We've seen some uh, gaps uh, in these last four or five weeks, but you've got to be really encouraged that the way that this Packers rush defense has performed the last couple of weeks, we've seen real improvement there, particularly with the way we were lined up of just daring the Chiefs to run this week. They had 20 rush attempts, and we were able to hold them to just over four yards per carry. That's pretty solid and some some significant improvement from what we were seeing there for a while. And – then I think one of the real keys is if, if, so watch, keep your eye on this. If, if we add Ibrahim Campbell to the active roster and if Raven Green is able to get healthy and come back at some point this season, don't forget. It's hard to, it's easy to forget that Darnell Savage is a rookie back there playing safety and Adrian Amos is someone that is certainly a veteran is also in his first year in coach Mike Patton's system. And I think those two guys, in particular Green and Campbell, um, being on the field could really unlock some things that uh, Coach Patton uh, would be looking to do with this defense schematically because they know where to be. They know all the calls um, on the back end in particular, and I think they could really unleash some things um, to be able to dial up a few more blitz packages um, uh, situationally and we're not, and we've certainly seen quite a bit of pressure from that front four, but um, it slowed down a little bit these last couple of weeks, despite Cedarius Smith's sacks this week. There wasn't really consistent pressure on the quarterback. So I think we've kept it pretty vanilla for the most part defensively and had pulled together. I think there's a, definitely another level that we can take this to schematically, and those are two guys that Sure, they're, they're, they're not guys you're going to write home about as, as significant, you know, all pro level impact players. But I think the way that they understand this scheme and understand this defense could really unlock some things, um, and to be able to have some moving pieces, um, and let Coach Patton play some chess, uh, with some of these opposing offenses, uh, in, as we go into the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, not many teams in the NFL right now uh, are looking to add talent like the Packers have, in particular with a 7-1 record. We've got a couple games here, then we get a bye week to, to you know, catch our breaths a little bit as fans, allow these guys to, to take a little bit of time off, uh, allow uh, uh, Coach uh, LaFleur and company to game plan a little bit more. Uh, but we're not quite there yet. We've got a, a game coming up against the Los Angeles Chargers, um, and we like to take games week to week here, but I think so far, Wags, 
so good. And uh, we have just played really strong football this year, a lot of talent here. And uh, I think that uh, the defense is going to continue to improve. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he can improve because I think he's about as perfect as he's he's ever been. But uh, to watch him continue to play masterful masterful football, uh, Wags, it's just been fun to watch this Packers team this year. They're a fun team to watch. They've got great energy, and uh, they just keep getting better. Yeah, absolutely. So, and knock on wood. We've been relatively healthy so far, so if that can continue and we've got some guys coming back, um, certainly that's something that uh, we haven't had the good fortune to see in the last few seasons as well. So um, hopefully that continues because um, uh, you can tell, I think, this week um, one other thing, and not to take anything away from the effort that we were seeing out there, but a few more missed tackles than I would have liked to see and to be quite honest with you, um, aside from later in the second half, I thought the, the Chiefs uh, on both sides of the ball um, at times were playing a, with a little bit more physicality than the Packers were um, and seemed to be flying around out there with a little bit more urgency. And again, I don't think it was an effort thing. Sometimes, you know, you just don't necessarily have your legs. And so I think... Uh, we need to keep an eye on this team its next two games as we're heading into that week uh, 11 bye. That will be a timely bye, but we don't want to see any letdowns in performance. And let's close out uh, these next two weeks with some strong performances. Hopefully we get a couple more victories before that bye week. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that, um, you know, we're – as we wind this down, uh, this podcast, I, I know that we will do uh, a preview of the game against the Chargers in the coming days. But I think for this one, Wags, it's just been uh, such a pleasure. It's been so enjoyable. And it finally, it, it, not finally, it's already snowed uh, in Green Bay. And to see Lambeau Field this morning, the photos of Lambeau with the snow on the ground, um it just it gave me a little bit of chills down my spine because football weather has come early uh, to a seven and one football team, and I think uh, the Packers are starting to build something special in Green Bay. Yep, yep, and it'll be a couple weeks before we get to enjoy this football weather at Lambeau Field because this week we're going to LA. But uh, we'll, we'll, as you said, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a couple of days after. We get the injury report and a couple of days of practice under our belt, uh, get a little scouting report on the Chargers. But uh, for now, uh, we'll just continue to enjoy uh, another nice victory. Hey, we're 3-0 and on the road. Who would have predicted? I'll keep saying this. Uh, we've got wins in Kansas City, in Dallas, in Chicago. And, yeah, I know the Bears are struggling a little bit this year. But uh, if you would have told me before the season that we were going to get wins in all three of those places i would have looked at you and said you're crazy man uh but uh get, you know give me some of whatever you're having uh but somehow we've managed to do it i, I think those uh, no matter what those are three big road wins so this is a team that's going out and finding ways to win no matter where we're playing and what the stakes or the circumstances are yeah and wags we went uh, we went undefeated in October without Devontae Adams. Incredible. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah, just, I mean, another element to throw in there. So um, I will be very, very interested to see if Devontae's able to get out there for any limited practice work this week. It sounds like, again, he's definitely trending in a positive direction. But as long as we're winning football games, I'm fine with him uh, staying off the field until he's 100% healthy because the last thing we need is for him to aggravate or re-injure uh, himself because he's rushing to get out there before he's ready to go. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, knock on wood again, uh, we want Devontae Adams uh, healthy for the long haul uh, this season, and, uh, and, and I don't really care if he's playing, quite frankly, in Week 10. Uh, I'm caring if he's playing when these games are really ramping up and, and Lambo's rocking and it's cold out. And, uh, and, uh, you know, we need him to make the plays that we know he can make. Um, so Wags, any last thoughts, uh, on this seven and one Green Bay Packers before we wrap this thing up? No, man. I am just so pleased that we've made it halfway through the season and we're not, you know, sitting here at, you know, four and four and kind of trying to, uh, puzzle together how we're going to get to 10 wins and squeak into the playoffs. And certainly we've still got some work to do to go out there and attain the goals we want to attain. Um, but um, um, I couldn't be happier with the way this team is coming together. I think both sides of the ball were really responding very well, and the team is just enjoying each other. So um, you know what? Uh, things are going very well in Green Bay, and uh, let's just continue to, to keep rolling forward and, and stockpile some more victories here as we uh, go into these next couple of weeks. Yep. So listen, everybody, find us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Lombardi's Legends. Um, uh, call us on our official Cheesehead Sound Off line. Uh, we sometimes like to play folks' voicemails on our podcast. You can find it at 608 285 2128. Make sure you're downloading uh, this uh, podcast, telling a friend, uh, rating it as well. We love to get the ratings uh, so we can continue to do this. We've had so much fun doing it, and we just really, really appreciate the support. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you can, um, subscribe and, and and continue to give us feedback because we love hearing from you. Um, and uh, give us a call. Hit us up on social. And um, uh, we want to continue to incorporate all y'all into this. And um, and certainly love hearing from you whenever we can. Yeah. So uh, if you're listening at work or uh, you know you, you're hanging out and you just put the kids to bed, uh, or if you're out there, it's harvest season here in Wisconsin, and you're you're working the fields and you know taking care of your business. Um, you know we always like to end this podcast the same way. So say it with us. Go, go back. Go. Go.